This is the Truth Network. The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Welcome to the Masculine Journey. We are very glad to have you with us today on this post-Easter. It's not a, it's not an eve of anything, but we can call it post-Easter. Yeah, it's like six days after. I don't know how you do that. Well, you could actually do it the rest of the year, I guess. You could call it post-Easter. It would still be a <laughs> applicable. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's painful. <laughs> <laughs> Which kind of ties into our topic today, doesn't it? It does. Painful humor. No. Yeah. Well, we'll let Jim describe what our topic is here in a minute. But before we do that, I want to remind you we have a boot camp coming up. And that's uh, November, help me with the dates. 7th through the 11th. Thank you. And so go to masculinejourneyradio.org to register now. And uh, you can go listen to some of the past podcasts that we had on uh, the boot camp and really get an idea of what it is, what it isn't, what it should be. We did like five of those. So there should be plenty of understanding what a boot camp is. That would be a real good date for craps players, too. 11, 7 to 11. That's three wins. Or get a Slurpee. You know, <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is painful. Uh, so <laughs> and that is the topic. Yeah, tonight. what is the topic today? Painful blessings. Times that we go through things that we don't want to be going through that turn out to be some of the better times of our lives. Yeah, it's, you know, I think that's, uh, as we were talking about before the show, that we all go through those. You know, in the middle of them, you don't really see that that there's a blessing at the end. At least it doesn't feel that way. But uh, only uh, through God's providence, 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 thank you, providence, (laughs) that uh, Rhode Island, through his work, um, you know, there's that blessing that can be at the end if you you let it be there. So, Robbie, we have a a really good clip to start us out, a really, really painful. It's painful. But pretty. <laughs> it is pretty. You want to set it up for it? Well, the the movie Anger Management, if you've seen it, you know, you know, Jack Nicholson is just, you know, brilliant. And if you ask me, it's one of his best movies. And Adam Sandler has got an anger problem, but he doesn't know he's got an anger problem because he's, he's trying to hide it so well. And he's got the pose thing going on that you can't tell. But his girlfriend has seen through the pose and realizes that he really does have an anger problem, and the anger is with himself. And so she employs Jack Nicholson to, you know, essentially bully the bejeebies out of Adam Sandler <laughs> into trying to get him to call him out to stand up for himself. And so in this particular clip, you know, it's early on in his anger management training that he got himself into. And uh, Jack Nicholson is sitting beside him in the car on the way to work. And they're actually at this moment that you're fixing to hear heading on to the Brooklyn Bridge. So as you hear all the traffic in the background as he stopped there, um, they're on the Brooklyn Bridge. And Jack Nicholson's the counselor that runs the anger management. Right. He's going to teach him something. Now, what exactly was that all about, Dave? What? You just ran through a red light. Are you trying to get us both killed? Well, I'm a little flustered right now. I have to be to work in eight minutes. Flustered? 
doing? I need you to unfluster. My boss is gonna go nuts on me if we're late, so please. We will proceed when you are centered. I'm centered, I'm centered, I'm centered. Come on, there's 10,000 people behind us. Let's go, crazy man! What is that? Is that good? We're going to sing a song. No, I don't want to sing a song. I want to go to, I want to, I gotta go. Ah, here we go. The magic of Leonard Bernstein and Stephen Sondheim's West Side Story. I feel pretty. Let's get this thing moving. What the hell's your problem? Shut your pie hole. We're working here. Bum, bum, bum. I feel pretty. Oh, so pretty. I feel pretty and witty and gay. And I pity any girl who isn't me today. La 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 la. I feel charming. Oh, so charming. It's a running, how charming I feel. <laughs> and so pretty that I hardly can believe I'm real. La 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 <laughs> See that pretty girl in the mirror there? What mirror where? Look at that attractive girl be. Ooh, which one where? Hum, such a pretty face, hum, such a pretty face, such a pretty face, such a pretty face. And then so, you know, Sam, clearly, you know, Jack Nicholson stops the car. There they are on the Brooklyn Bridge. But it's just a picture of the disruption that God often, you know, we have our agenda. And obviously, Adam Sandler's needing to get to work. And he's a people pleaser. So, you know, he's interested in pleasing his boss. He's interested in pleasing, you know, to the point of frustration. And, you know, it's kind of Corey's, you know, topic, but unlet, you know, undoubtedly, you know, God's at work in Adam Sandler's life in totally humiliating him. And there he is, you know, right there with Jack Nichols. <laughs> yeah. This was your topic, though, Jim, wasn't it? Yeah. Now, it reminds me of the shows that we've done, Robbie, and we don't really talk about it very often, but, you know, the disruption, dismantling, healing and restoring, the, the, the cycle that God puts us through constantly. You know, he's constantly doing some of those things in our life because without that disruption and dismantling, we can't get to healing and restoring. Right. Now, Jim, what was it about this topic that kind of jumped out at you and said, you know, I think this would be a great one for us? Well, the uh, discussion last week, and I think what Robbie was referring to there is the, what was his topic was being a people pleaser. And that was also something I identified with. In fact, that's why I found that clip painful as I'm not a big fan of Adam Sandler, but I identify with just about everything we're saying about him. My anger is all inward focused when I have it. And what I really wanted to get at though is where, and we sort of covered this a few weeks back, growth happens in, what was your quote? Yeah. The, in the painful places. And Robert well, John, yeah, in the Pilgrim's Progress. Now, John Bunyan says that in the valley of humiliation, the soil is the richest. And if you think about it, that soil that comes down off the mountaintop, you know, down there in the valley of humiliation, he's done a lot of work with me down there. <laughs> no, he wasn't the one with Babe. 
That's Paul Bunyan. Sorry, I, I get those guys confused all the time. But <laughs> on that note, now that really was the what was behind this topic is that most of our greatest blessings come out of very difficult, painful times, and that's what I wanted for some of us to talk about. Now, Robbie, we'll go ahead and get in. We're not going to leave Adam kind of stranded here. So why don't we talk about the whole thing that you came to realize about this movie, Anger Management, that just can be the silly comedy, right? Or or there's something more that's a little deeper Right, I've been entertained by the movie a few times as I've watched it, but I've never really thought what was Jack Nicholson's strategy, you know, in dealing with Adam Sandler. But what actually he's doing is he's bullying the bejeebies out of him in order to call him out to stand up for himself. And so throughout the movie now, he's... He's putting through some real shenanigans. It's a hilarious movie, no doubt, of of disrupting him. And, and essentially now he's taken his girl, or so he thinks, Adam Sandler thinks, that he's used his strategy to take her to Yankee Stadium and propose to her. And he's expecting that Jack Nicholson is going to propose to him in the way that he explained that he wanted to do. What he doesn't know is Jack Nicholson set him up to finally step up to, and do what he should have done all along, which sets up you know, this scene. Linda, I can understand why you wanted to see other people. I, I really can. Buddy right now is a psycho. But he was right about one thing. I was an angry guy. Mainly angry at myself for letting people treat me like crap all the time. But I don't want to be that angry guy anymore. I want to change. And if you give me a chance, I can show you that I got the guts to stand up for what I believe in. And I believe in us, Linda. I love you with all my heart, and I know you love me back. I should be your husband, not that weirdo. I want to have a family with you. I want to have kids with you. Kids who have your eyes and your lips and my... Last name, that's all I wish on. Please marry me, Linda. Before I make my decision, you have to do something for me. You have to kiss me in front of all these people. You can do it, David! That wasn't so bad, was it? I can't believe you were actually starting to fall for that crazy man. But he's not such a bad guy. So we, we see a completion of a cycle of a story there, right, where, where you know, you have this painful time that the, this character goes through to get to the other side and find healing and find some, some blessings, right? And so one of the things that we're going to do is we can, we're getting ready to go to break, so we can maybe start a story and then finish it after break, but really want to talk through some of those things that, that's played out in our life. You know, Robbie, would you like to start us off? Sure. I mean, for me, you know, coming into 2007, when I lost our car dealership, I lost, you know, everything I'd worked for, my identity, 
you know, what I thought I was in the car business, you know, in for 40 years of work, <laughs> all of a sudden was, you know, from my view, stripped from me, you know, due to, you know, theft and a bunch of stuff that didn't seem to be my control. And it was unbelievably painful and painful for my family and painful. But then I started to realize what it had done to my heart and the nightmares that I had were telling me that every night I would wake up and I'd have to sell more cars. And I'd gotten myself into a trap that God was going to just have to disrupt me and dismantle my life to where he could put me in a position to unload the, because I never would have quit. And when we come back, we're going to find out what happened with that. You know, we know some of the rest of the story, but we don't know the piece in the middle. All right, so we come back. But while we're gone, go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Register for the boot camp coming up November 7th through the 11th. Go do it now. Don't wait. Hi, this is Sam with Masculine Journey. I'm here with my son, Eli. We're going to talk about ways that you can help support the ministry. One way you can go to smile.amazon.com. There's information on our website there on how to do that. Then you can go to facebook.com where you can click the donate button. Or you can go to masculinejourneyradio.org. Once again, look for the donate button. Or if you want to mail something in, mail it to PO Box 550, Kernersville, North Carolina, 27285. What God does at Masculine Journey Radio Boot Camp. When I first got here, I was kind of closed off. Didn't really want to talk to anybody because I thought I was stupid. I didn't believe. I'm not going to lie to you. I feel like each person who spoke kind of chipped away at this feeling I was having and chipped away at this mask I was hiding behind. I've never heard anybody speak about God and Jesus and the way we're supposed to feel like you guys have this weekend. What a gift. $199 Masculine Journey Radio Boot Camp. Go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Cause what if your blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know your name? What if trials of this life are your mercies in disguise? Wow, what a what a great song, Jim. Now, who was that? You, you said that. You told me before the uh, one in the air, but I've already forgot. I have no idea because my wife remembered that song. <laughs> but Laura Andy Story. Laura Story. Laura Story. Okay, wow, what a great song. I'm going to have to go uh, put that on my phone. You'll have to tell me again later when I ask, you know. You guys can give me a hard time. I give you a hard time about being older, but I'm the one apparently with the memory problem, so. All right. Well, when are we, well, we're talking about, we're we're talking about my dismantling <laughs> and dismemberment <laughs> from the car business, and, and you you might remember that it was pretty easy for um, God to get the Israelites out of Egypt, but it was really difficult to get the Egypt out of the Israelites, and and I found that same process in getting the car business out of. And I'm not talking about that I do the Christian Car Guy show and I talk about cars, but actually taking that role of of something that really was never designed to be. And, and God clearly showed me how painful all that was in my life and how that wasn't what my destiny was. And and as he began to allow me back into ministries like this and, and, and things I've done through the years have really given me my identity back, you know, it, it I, like I wouldn't trade it for all the tea and chai, you know, however that would work, um, to be able to walk where I am now. But I never would have ever put that on myself it was something god saw it happened and he was gonna change it 
Well, and you know, the time that you were in the car dealership, you were successful. Yeah. Right. And it felt like blessings. Right. Right. And so, you know, if you would have asked at that point, you know, you were very blessed. Right. right. I loved the car. When I was, you know, somebody said I would, I loved to go work every day. I was, thought I was enjoying what I was doing, but I didn't realize that certain aspects of that people pleasing that was going on, I was pleasing the factory and different people that were putting pressure on me that I just wasn't equipped to really handle. No, and, and long-term, your heart wasn't set up for it. Right. Right, but God knew that, and so even though it felt like a blessing, at, at one point, he said, no, I need, to, I need to take you out of that and take you into something that really is going to give you life. But yet, he trained me through those years to be able to do the ministry that I do now, so it's That's really... That's true. Yeah. That's true. Well, Andy, why don't you go ahead and set us up on our next clip, and then we'll come back and hear Jim's story. Uh, on it, but would you uh, go ahead and set up? There's some dismantling going on in this clip. There's some disruption, it, it, and it's uh, it has to do with a, a beach scene with, okay. with Rocky and All his right. wife. Okay, we got we got two, and I just want to make make sure we were clear. So yeah, it's it's Rocky three. Um, if you haven't seen it, um, Rocky has been beat badly by Clubber Lang, uh, who's this up and coming uh, boxing star. And he's kind of lost who he is, and he's talking with his wife, and it's you can see a lot of pain, and he's like he's questioning everything about who he is as a man, and there's just a lot of lot of pain there, and we'll just pick it up there, and then see kind of what happens after that. Bad, tell me what? I wrecked everything by not thinking for myself. I mean, why couldn't Mickey tell me where I was really at right from the start? He didn't have to carry me and lie to me and make me think I was better than I really was when I wasn't. He never lied. Those fights weren't right. They weren't, Adrian. I never fought anybody who was all in their prime. I was always some angle to hold on to the title longer than I should have had it. I mean, do you understand what I'm saying here? I understand, but you've got to understand that he loved you and that was his job, protecting you. Look, I protect him, don't help nothing. It only makes things worse. You, you wake up after a few years thinking you're a winner, but you're not. You're really a loser. And so we wouldn't have had the title as long, so what? At least it would have been real, Adrian. It was real. Nothing is real if you don't believe in who you are. I don't believe in myself no more. Don't you understand? What if I don't believe? That's it. He's finished. It's over. That's it. That's not it. That is it. Why don't you tell me the truth? What are you putting me through, Adrian? You want to know the truth? The truth is I don't want to lose what I got. In the beginning, I didn't care about what happened to me. I go in a ring. I get busted up. I didn't care. But now there's you. There's the kid. I don't want to lose what I got. What do we have that can't be replaced? What? A house. We got cars. We got money. We got everything but the truth. What's the truth, damn it? I'm afraid, all right? You want to hear me say it? You want to break me down? All right, I'm afraid. For the first time in my life, I'm afraid. I'm afraid, too. There's nothing wrong with being afraid. There is. For me, there is. Why, you're human, aren't you? Look, I don't know what I am. All I know is I'm a liar, and because of that, Mickey ain't here no more. You didn't push him into anything. He was a grown man and he did what he had to do. And you have no right to feel guilty for what happened. You don't. You were a champion and you did what you were expected to do. And you did what I and everybody else thought you should do. And you want to tell me that those fights weren't real? That you were carried? Well, I don't believe it. It doesn't matter what I believe because you're the one that's got to carry that fear around inside you. Afraid that everybody's going to take things away. Afraid you're going to be remembered as a coward. That you're not a man anymore. Well, none of it's true. But it doesn't matter if I tell you. It doesn't matter because you're the one that's got to settle it. Get rid of it. Because when all the smoke is cleared and everyone's through chanting your name, it's just going to be us. 
And you can't live like this. We can't live like this. Because it's going to bother you for the rest of your life. Look what it's doing to you now. Uh, Jim, one quick thing I want to ask Robbie on, on this. Robbie, when you were going through that, <clears throat> the accuser just doesn't leave you alone. <laughs> oh, no. Right? I mean, you talked about having nightmares. You know, and you hear in Rocky's voice, he's just he's fighting all these things that now the enemy's throwing at him. That's not true. Is that what happened to you, I'm assuming? Oh, I mean, it was constant. That you're a failure. That you're not a real man. That, you know, you're not providing for your family the way that, you know, you were used to doing and all those things. Oh, yeah, they all come. They all come. Jim, if, if you would share a little bit about a painful blessing that, that God laid on your heart. Well, and I think this is the one that I need to share because it fits into the Rocky and what he was just saying well. Back in 86, I'd been married 13 years, and the marriage had degenerated into us being a couple of angry roommates. And I had lost a job, and I'd gone back to school trying to rediscover. And and I got a job as a professional Boy Scout, which was kind of cool because I was a scout when I was young, an Eagle Scout. But I, I moved out of town, and my family was in one place, and I was 100 miles away. And I fell for a narcissistic woman, and I said, well, I got my new job. I'm going to get a new life and leave my wife. And the quick and painful of that is that I was still lost. I was still at that place that, you know, I didn't think I was a real man, and I thought that might help me prove I was. But what God did through that, first, he showed me real quickly you know, the, this Proverbs 7, well, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 woman that I'd fallen for. And that threw my wife and I back together by throwing us both back together with God. We were living as carnal Christians, and God used that time to cement our relationship, which is still solid however many years that, 32 years ago, and brought us into the place with God where, you know, we're both much closer to him, much closer to one another through that experience. Well, I'm sure that... But it, it was hell. Yeah, and I'm sure it was not just for you, but for Carolyn as well. Yeah. You're going through that. And doing hurting her the way I did with that, was far more painful to me than any of the pain I was feeling. Yeah, yeah. Harold, how would you like to uh, share something that God's laid on your heart about it? Well, uh, for me, I was in a job that I loved doing. I devoted myself completely to the job, day and night. And uh, circumstance developed where my, my boss developed some issues and had to have electric shock treatments, went out uh, on retirement, and his boss uh, had it in for me. And so uh, he knew that he couldn't fire me, but I couldn't sue him. So instead of doing that, he promoted one of my employees above me who became my boss. And so I was forced to leave uh, a place that I thought was going to be my home forever, uh, where I had uh, worked on a couple of acres cutting trees and having a house built, concreting a driveway, et cetera, et cetera, and a fantastic church that we were a part of. 
And it was very painful for me to have to leave that, but I couldn't stay under those circumstances. But the blessing was I got to come here to North Carolina. It put me close enough that I could take care of an aging great aunt who had nobody else. And it put me as what I refer to as the Garden of Eden, Moxville, North Carolina. (laughs) And so it turned out to be a a really great blessing in that regard. Uh, Otherwise, I never would have known you guys. Mm. So the pain turned into be a, a blessing, in my I, opinion. I was hoping you weren't on to the next cycle of pain when you're talking about, <laughs> about knowing us. You know, you're at a new cycle of pain. Oh, going. no. Not yeah. at all. So could we officially say that if, if the camp's in Moxville, it's near the Garden of Eden? Oh, yeah, right okay. there in the middle. Okay. Uh, wanted to ask you guys... Um, you know, it's not just us that has this. You know, this happens scriptural, right? So who's some of the characters in scripture that had painful blessings? My first go-to on this all the time is Joseph, just what he went through and how he handled it. I mean, most people wouldn't, you know, it's one thing for your brothers to throw you away, but then to get into prison, get out, think you're getting out of prison, get thrown back into prison, spent 7, 14 years, I forget all the timings, just the incredible amount of stuff that was stacked against him. But that God had a uh, plan for him, and that blessing ended up saving a nation, his family, and then, you know, beyond that, the whole, all the children of Israel. So. Yeah, I'm, you know, he's a great one. Job is, you know, kind of the classic pick. But, you know, the more I've thought about it, actually even this evening as we've talked about that, that, you know, Job certainly went through dismantling and all that stuff. But what Jim said was really insightful that if it's really of God, that dismantling, then you end up closer to God on the other side of that. And, and clearly that was that way for me as I left the dealership and they headed off into, you know, radio broadcasting and all that, you know, on the Truth Network, that, that, that all that came. And Job went into all that stuff pretty prideful about what a good servant he was, but he didn't really know God until the end of the story and so look how much closer to god he wants okay andy we can't leave rocky broken on the beach okay, give us a right. synopsis a, a 20 second synopsis okay Ro- rocky went in and um he had that fight with a second fight with clubber lang uh clubber lang predicted pain and rocky came out victorious the pain was on clubber's side not rocky's and he had the victory and, and won the fight rocky won a fight yeah you imagine wow. that right wow that yeah that's a new one yeah absolutely. Go, go to maskajourneyradio.org and register for boot camp coming up and this week Praise, say, God, what are you dismantling in my life? What are you disrupting? Where are you taking me to healing and restoring? Because I promise you, he's working on something right now. It's just whether we have the eyes to see it. See you next week.